This is our founder, Acharya, His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, and everything we speak is based on his teachings. Om I'd like to talk to you today about disconnecting from discord. We all have people in our lives that are trying to get us riled up. They complain about the company, exaggerate problems, spread the latest gossip. Professional troublemakers know who I'm talking about. If you allow them to draw you in, before long, you'll be upset, you'll be focused on the wrong, you'll be bitter over what you're not getting. One of the things that the scripture says is that God, whom we call Krishna, listen carefully, hates it when a person sows discord. That's someone who's always stirring up trouble, someone trying to incite you to unrest. You can be perfectly happy, great job, and they start planting these seeds of discontentment, things like, hey, did you know you're not being really treated right around here? You should be making more money. You're overdue for a promotion. They're not interested in your well-being. They're just trying to get you stirred up. You have to be careful who you take advice from. You have to be careful who you let influence you. Are they healthy, productive? Do they have good judgment, clear vision? Do they have your best interests at heart? Or are they discontented, bitter, living from a place of offense? Do they have unsavory motives. Now, before you get riled up, our advice is consider the source. Healthy people don't go around stirring up trouble. Secure people don't talk bad behind other people's backs. They celebrate others' success. Grateful people don't focus on what's wrong. They don't find fault. They're grateful to be alive. If someone's constantly jealous, Spreading division, that's a sure sign that they're not for you. Your time is too valuable to let them poison your spirit. Don't sit there passively and listen to them. Gossip about the friends they're jealous of. Tell you how you're not being treated right. How this other person would be a much better spouse than the one you have now. On and on and on and on. They're actually, let me tell you, not wise enough to give you good advice. Be kind, be respectful, but be gone. Don't hang around them. If Lord Krishna or God hates someone who shows discord, then I'm going to distance myself from whatever God hates. Why? Because I don't know about you, but I need God's blessings. I need his favor. I need him to open doors that I can't open. Scripture says, don't sit inactive in the path of the ungodly. What does that mean? Don't go to lunch every day with people who badmouth the boss. Don't spend an hour on the phone with that friend who gossips about all your other friends. Don't hang out with that colleague who brings out the worst in you, convinces you how bad your life is. Don't listen to that radio talk host who incites hate and violence. The enemy, his name is Maya, loves it when we're divided. She loves it when we're fighting in our homes. She loves it when we're in turmoil at the office. She 
loves it when one co-worker is mad at the other. She loves it when we're jealous of this friend, bitter over how we were treated. We're playing right into her hand. When I researched this topic on Google, the first 20 pages on Discord talk about the Russian role of sowing Discord since the elections in 2016. Just a few things. Newly released documents, this is from the Wall Street Journal, show how Russian propagandists on Facebook grew increasingly sophisticated and inflammatory in their tactics as they worked to sow discord in the U.S. after the 2016 presidential election. Democrats on the House Intelligence Committee made public for the first time the full cache of more than 3,000 ads that Facebook said were purchased by a pro-Kremlin group called the Internet Research Agency. The ads offer the clearest window yet into the involving tactics used by the group as it sought to amplify social and political tensions in the United States. The Russian back pages deployed relatively simple techniques, buying ads targeted to reach large audience segments like people with certain job titles, coal miner, farmer, auto worker, factory employee, the ad showed how aggressive and broad-based the Russian-backed Facebook pages were in pushing hot-button social and racial issues, including illegal immigration and police brutality. And this one extra news clip here. The 2016 presidential campaign alerted the public to the concept of slander as a weapon and to its incredible effectiveness when used just right. From WikiLeaks to RT, to Sputnik, the Russian government allegedly tried to sow discord among Americans, according to a recent U.S. intelligence report. To some extent, it exceeded by facilitating a public skepticism of American institutions and the press. Russia is trying to create civil chaos, questions about what is reliable, and mistrust about institutions, said Carl Alto, director of Joint Baltic American National Committee, which advocates against misinformation. It's a national threat. This is something responsible citizens need to be aware of. And what you also need to be aware of is we have no power when we allow others to divide us. Our power comes when we're in unity. Stay away from troublemakers. Keep your distance from people who are stirring you up. You cannot be passive on social media with people who are sowing discontentment. You can't listen to all the hate on Facebook and stay in peace. You can't willingly put yourself into the hands of the enemy and continue to enjoy the freedoms of democracy. It said if you walk with wise men, guess what? You'll become wise. If you associate with fools, guess what? You'll become foolish. You're going to be like the people that you're around. If you're spending time with sowers of discord, disgruntled people, fault finders, bitter, those same qualities are going to rub off on you. Just like the Russians know how effective it is to divide and conquer, the British invented the strategy. In a letter to Gandhi after India had achieved its independence, our spiritual master wrote these words to him sometime 1947 or 48. You can very easily understand, Gandhiji, as to how some of your political enemies in the garb of friends, both Indian and English, have deliberately manipulated you and broken your heart by doing the same mischief against you have struggled so hard for 30 years. 
You wanted chiefly Hindu-Muslim unity in India, and they have tactfully gone behind your back to undo your work by creation of Pakistan and India separately. You wanted freedom for a unified India, but they have permanently made India dependent. You wanted to do something for the upliftment, the untouchables, but they are still untouchables even though you're living in their colony. These are all therefore illusions and when these things will be presented to you as they are, you must be considered them as lessons which are God sent. God has favored you by dissipating the illusion that you are hovering in. You must know that you are in the relative world where nothing is absolute. Your ahimsa, your nonviolence, is always followed by violence. Anybody read Freedom of Midnight? 500,000 people died during the partition of India and Pakistan. Your ahimsa, nonviolence, is always followed by ahimsa, violence, as light is followed by darkness. Nothing is absolute in this dual world. You did not know this nor ever cared to know this from the right sources, and therefore all your attempts to create unity were followed by disunity and violence. But, Prabhupada said, it's not too late. If you really want to approach the absolute truth, do some real good to people in general all over the world, then you must give up the rotten politics immediately and rise up for the preaching work of the philosophy and religion of the Bhagavad Gita, the Song of God, without offering unnecessary and dogmatic interpretations on them. Gandhi did not follow Prabhupada's advice to retire and use his world fame and influence to spread the gospel love of God. He continued in politics, ignoring this advice. In the morning that he was assassinated, people told him there's a rumor, there's a gunman at the Birla temple to which you go every evening. You should not go there tonight. He said, I don't mind. I want to die. I don't know about you, but I made up my mind. I'm going to distance myself from discord. I'm not going to let that poison in my spirit. Well, true, can I tell you what I heard about so-and-so? It's really juicy. You won't believe what they did. No, thanks. I'm not going to be a participator in a sower of discord. It takes not one, but it takes two to gossip. My ears are not garbage cans to fill with a bunch of trash. Well, true, what I'm telling you is true. You can't hide your head in the sand. Yes, but ask yourself, how is the repeating of this, even if it is true, going to benefit you? What purpose is it going to serve to know that? If you only have a bad opinion of someone else, then I don't need to hear that and you don't need to share. Scripture says cover a fault, cover a weakness. So are we talking about covering or exposing? Are we bringing water to extinguish the gossip or are we bringing gasoline to spread it? If it's just exposing, showing others faults, then no thank you. I'm gonna pass on that dance. I wanna keep my heart pure. I don't wanna be part of sowing discord. I'm not gonna be part of making someone else look bad, even if it is true. William Penn said this, avoid company where it is not profitable or necessary, and in those occasions, speak little and last. 
Silence is wisdom where speaking is folly and always safe. Some are so foolish as to interrupt and anticipate those who would speak instead of hearing and thinking before they answer, which is uncivil as well as silly. If you think twice before you speak once, you'll speak twice the better for it. And better to say nothing than something which is not to the point. And to speak pertinently, to speak what is fit, when it is fit, that is called speaking. In all debates, let truth be thy aim, not victory or an unjust interest or an endeavor to gain, rather to enlighten your antagonists. Scripture says those who constantly allow themselves to be stirred up, their dreams are not going to come to pass. They won't have good relationships. Their nation will dissolve. They'll miss their God-given destiny. That's why Krishna, God, in all scriptures, uses this kind of strong language. I urge you, stay away from those who would cause division. He's saying, I challenge you, because God knows discord will keep us from becoming who we were created to be. I read a funny story about a man who went out on a boat deep sea fishing who couldn't swim. He caught an enormous fish and in his excitement to pull it into the boat, he went overboard. He cried, save me, save me, I can't swim. Well, the captain of the boat very calmly reached out, grabbed the man by the arm, gave a big pull. He didn't know it was an artificial arm and the arm came off. The man continued to kick, splash around crying for help. The captain reached out again. This time he grabbed his leg and gave a tremendous pull. But the leg came off because it was a wooden leg. The man in the water went under again, came up yelling for help. The captain was still calm. He grabbed the man by the hair of his head, gave a gigantic yank, but the man was wearing a toupee. It came off. At that point, the captain looked the man in the face in the water and he said, Mister, if you won't stick together, I can't help you. So you have to put your foot down and say, I will not let these seeds of discontentment take root in my life. I will not let this poison my spirit. I will be grateful for what I have. I'm blessed to have a job. I'm blessed to have a spouse. I'm blessed to be alive. If you don't stay on the offensive, subtle things can sour you. That's what happens in life. People get us riled up. They talk us into being discontent arguing with someone, we end up having a bad attitude. And when we're sour, the problem is our relationships suffer. When we're sour, you don't get the promotion. When you're sour, nobody wants to be around you. Now, are you letting someone else stirring you up, causing you to be jealous, offended, disgruntled? Recognize what's happened. They're sowing discord in your life. Don't sit inactive with people who bring out the worst. Stay away from those who are causing division, convincing you of everything wrong with your spouse, wrong with your job, wrong with your life, wrong with your country. Don't let their poison cause you to make a wrong turn or a bad decision in life. There's nothing Krishna or God dislikes more than people who bring division. There's something that you don't like about your job, you don't like about your boss, your friends, you don't like about your church. 
the right thing to do is go to the people in charge, very forthrightly express your concerns. Now, the wrong thing to do is to talk behind their backs, stir up trouble, and try to exaggerate things you don't like, get other people on board. Prabhupada wrote this letter. Prabhupada was with us from 65 to 77. So he wrote this letter to two devotees who weren't getting along. Dear Aniruddha, regarding your personal sentiments, not being in agreement with Umapati, I am very sorry that this dispute has happened. We are preaching Krishna consciousness, the greatest platform of harmony. And if we dissent amongst ourselves and disunite, it doesn't look very good. You are a sincere servant of Krishna, and I know that you have worked very hard for Krishna, so I think that you should just not be disturbed by minor disagreements. There was a funny story. At the beginning of the red-baiting, you know, McCarthy era, I, I know none of you are around, but you know what I'm talking about, right? There was a long-standing congressman. His name was Claude Pepper, and he happened to be one of the state's most outspoken liberals. This was in Georgia, I believe. So he got onto the conservatives' hit list, and a Republican named George Smathers ran against him. Now, during the campaign, George Smathers lashed out with some right-wing invective. He called his opponent, Claude Pepper, the Red Pepper. He launched a campaign to expose Pepper's secret vices. Smothers disclosed that Pepper was a known extrovert. His sister was a thespian. His brother, a practicing homo sapien. Also, when Pepper went to college, he actually matriculated. Worst of all, he practiced celibacy before marriage. Naturally, rural voters were horrified. Pepper lost the contest. <laughs> Make sure you're not spreading poison or letting poison in you. Disconnect from any discord. Why? Because you have a destiny fulfilled. There's nothing the enemy would like more than for you to go around discontent, distracted, mad at people, feeling shortchanged. And sure, some of that, maybe even a lot of it, might be valid. Maybe people did hurt you. Maybe they did you wrong. But you have to learn to let God be your vindicator, to let Krishna fight your battles. If you're hanging around people, sowing division, there's a good chance that you're then going to start bringing division. The problem is that when you go to the discord side, you step outside the circle of God's protection. Why? Because God is against a troublemaker. He's against a sower of discord. He's against a tattletale. And even if what you know is true, the right thing is to cover it in love. The right thing is not to go around stirring up more trouble. John Dryden, who you might know as a poet, 17th century dramatist, he once commented on man's propensity to expose faults in others. There is a lust in man no charm can tame of loudly publishing his neighbor's shame. Hence on eagles' wings immortal scandals fly while virtuous actions 
are but born and die. I wonder if you've ever thought why it is like the Canadian geese fly northwards and then again southwards in that interesting V formation. Research reveals that as each bird flaps its wings, it creates an uplift for the bird immediately behind him. Now, flying in that V formation, the whole flock adds an amazing 71% more flying range than if each bird had flown on its own. Likewise, when people come together with a sense of unity, a common goal, they can go further more quickly and have more success than they could if they were traveling alone. Additionally, the naturalists discovered that whenever a goose falls out of formation, it suddenly feels the resistance and drag trying to do it on its own, and it quickly gets back into formation, takes advantage of the lifting power of the bird immediately in front of him. Now, if we as a people could muster up as much sense as a goose, <laughs> then we would stay in formation, and so would those who are headed the same way we are. Moreover, when the leading goose finally gets tired, he just rotates back into the V and another goose flies up to take its place. When the geese honk, they're encouraging those up front to keep up their speed. By the way, be careful that when you honk at the lead goose, make sure it's a positive honk and not a negative honk. Finally, when the goose gets sick or tired or falls too far back, two other geese will fall out of formation and follow it to help and protect it. They stay with it until it's able to fly again and get back into formation. Now, if we could just have that much sense, we would make up our mind and stand together just like they do. I'm limited in what I can do for God, but I tell you, we are virtually unlimited by what we can do together. United we stand, divided we fall. That's why it said in teamwork, there's dream work. Otherwise, it's easy to have an opinion about everything, tell people what you think, what I would do. Well, here's the key that will make your life just a whole lot more peaceful. Mind your own business. Who they marry, what they drive, how they spend their money, none of your business. Don't be a busybody where you have to know everything. Just mind your own business. Really, some things we shouldn't have an opinion on. And if we do, we should keep it to ourselves unless we're asked for it. I think you'll agree with me, it's hard enough to run our own life without trying to run everybody else's. The fact is, we all have troublemakers in our lives. You can't go very long without either having people to stir you into discontentment or have others stir people against you. It's tempting to get in there and go toe to toe, get even with the troublemakers. It's tempting to get baited into conflict. But if you do that, you fell into their trap. Stirring you up was their goal, and then you fell for it. Troublemakers want you distracted. They want you fighting battles that you're not supposed to fight. You can't stop people from sowing discord, but you can stop it from getting inside you. You don't have to get upset. They can't stop your destiny. People can't overrule the plan that Krishna laid out for your life. If you'll stay on the high road, Krishna will take care of troublemakers. He'll silent those people who are trying to discredit you.
finishing up here, I heard about a man who told his son not to go into that watermelon patch. Then the father drove into town. The boy went out into the watermelon patch, found one melon that was fairly ripe, pulled it, broke it over some rocks, and ate it. He knew he'd done wrong. He knew he'd disobeyed his father, but he hadn't been caught. Seems like he got away with it. Several weeks went by. One day the father was driving a cow up from the pasture and he saw a strange thing. Beside the fence he saw little watermelon sprouts by some rocks. Dug by the new plants and he saw the old rinds with seeds sprouting. He knew what had happened. The boy was caught. It says that the trap the enemy set for you, the seeds that they sowed, they themselves will be entrapped. They themselves will be entangled in the harvest. And similarly, when you get riled up, when you let what somebody says get on the inside, it's easy to lose perspective and start fighting battles that don't matter. Krishna will deal with your troublemakers. Krishna will take care of those people who are spreading negative things. Your job is just to stay in peace, not to get all worked up, not to think that you have to pay them back. God sees what's happening. He's not going to let a sore of discord continue to succeed. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Krishna, Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. The good news is you don't have to fight. The good news is that's not your battle. Tonight we're asking you to disconnect from any discord. Asking you to stay away from people who are bringing division. Asking you not to sit passively with those who are keeping you stirred up. You can't let those seeds of discontentment take root. Why? Because you have a destiny to fulfill. Pay sharp attention to who you're letting speak into your life. If you do this, I believe Lord Krishna is about to defeat some troublemakers for you. Lord Krishna is about to turn some negative situations around. He's going to vindicate you, promote you. He's going to take you to new levels of your destiny in this life and next life. You go back to home, back to God.